We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Once you guys have a seat and get yourselves ready, get those Bible Bible apps out, get your notes ready. Um, and while you're doing about that and thinking about that and making all that happen, if you're a business owner, I have a business owner's breakfast or, uh, on Tuesday morning. I'd love for you to join me. A way to find out more information is just basically talk to Hannah. Where's Hannah? Hannah, Hannah. Stand up so people can see you because I can't see you because of the lights. There you are. There she is. Make sure you see her. She'll probably be over at Connect or something. Connect, Threat, Connect, and you can learn more about it. But we're going to need to open our Bibles to two places today. Count them to one, two. All right, that's easy to remember because the first one is called 2 Samuel chapter 17. 2 Samuel 17. In fact, we're in a series where we're talking from 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel quite a bit. 2 Samuel 17. And then you're also going to turn to 1 Timothy 1, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1. 1 Samuel 17 and 2 Timothy 1. Okay, now here at City Life Church, um, we don't come to church so that we can be good people. I hear that a lot. Why do, you, why do people go to church? Well, so you can be a good person. Actually, I, I'd say no, that, that's kind of a generic answer. Actually, we come to church around here so we can be trained and equipped and empowered to make a difference in the world you see here's this deal deep inside every single one of us there's this desire to improve our lives and we all want to make the world a better place but we're all individually responsible for that and the cool thing about it is god put dreams in your heart and goals in your mind because innately because god crafted you that way you want to succeed and it's a passion for success, and it's powerful, and, and I want that. I desire that for you as well. I mean, I want you to be successful, bottom line, so that you can make Jesus known. In fact, part of the vision of our church is to influence culture and to influence our community, and it's a real important part of who we are. In fact, at City Life, we, we actually, as a church, we, we measure our success a little different because around here, we measure our success as a church by our marketplace and community impact. So that, you know, at the end of our services, one of the things that we do is we speak this blessing over you, and it's been our tradition, but it's almost 5,000 years old, the tradition is, and God gave it to, to the priest, to, for the priest to speak these words over his people every day, and we speak the same words over you, and here it is, it's these words, God bless you and keep you, God smile on you and gift you, God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Now, why do we do that? Why? Why do you want that blessing? Is so you can keep making Jesus known. You see, God wanted his people to be blessed so that, so that their lives would look different from the rest of the people and it would be a contrast to the rest of the world. And that's why I'm sharing this series on success. Clearing hurdles to success because God desires your success. He does. And you desire success, but like I shared last week, desire isn't going to do it just desire alone you can you can want to do it but but wanting to do that isn't going to work all that great because 
you know, the world has changed, and we're in this time period of this extreme and rapid flux. It's, it's never been seen since the beginning of the world. And, and, and the cool thing, though, is that God decided that you should live during this time in the heart of a large city that has impact all over the place so that you could influence culture in your city, in your neighborhood, in your culture, and in your community and in the marketplace. Now, that's pretty stinking cool. And really... That's an honor given to you by God because you could be um, like some little, you know, some rural farmer back from the uh, 1810s or something like that. But God said, no, I want you in the heart of this big city during this time of incredible change. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. And, and I actually wholeheartedly believe that teachability describes the difference between the people who succeed and those who do not in today's culture. And... Uh, Basically, it's, it's with me, I just say, you know, give me somebody who's teachable, who wants to grow, who wants to learn, and who wants to push their own limits. And you, you put the Spirit of God into that thing. And I'm telling you guys, we can change the world. The stuff that flows out of this church, even into the culture of our community, is incredible. It really is. So if I, I've identified these five, what I call, hurdles to... Uh, success and, and if these hurdles are present in your life and you're not clearing them, it actually kind of lowers your teachability index and, and, and will actually cause you uh, undue trouble and difficulty in your life. So I want to bring these out to you so that we're fully aware of them. Now last week I talked about the hurdle of pride. Here's my hurdle again today, but it's, bring it over a little closer to me, but it's not the hurdle of pride. Today, what do you think it is? Anyone want to guess because we're all doing the guessing game? It does not start with a P like everything else we've said today, all right? Yes, thank you. You're running out of those words. Actually, it is the hurdle of what? Fear. fear. Yeah, the hurdle of fear. It's kind of a scary one there, you know? Fear. I will never forget back in the year 2008. Um, nine years ago, right at this time, when I honestly felt God speaking to me that I had finished what he had had before me pastoring this church in Missouri and, and I felt God impress on my heart that I was supposed to resign and move my family back here to the Metroplex and wait for his next directive and, 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 I, and I just felt resolved about one thing um, I felt God was saying that I was going to, to, to launch a ministry in the heart of a large city but that was it I'm telling you that was it it would have been easier for me to stay put because I had a nice house. We had a nice house, you know. I had a good salary. I pastored a big church and two campuses. And I, I mean, I, I had a job. <laughs> but I had to clear this hurdle of fear to leave what was comfortable to actually come down here and do this. I left everything that makes a family feel secure. I felt it. My family felt it. We removed, we moved, uh, uh, Devin, you're in here, Preston, you're in here. We, we moved into this tiny, filthy, 90 to 100-year-old shack, which was a one-mile drive down a dirt road into the middle of these woods in Midlothian. Had no income, had no job. We had a, had a rapidly diminishing bank account along with a wife and uh, three very hungry teenage boys. Was fear present? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, the hurdle of fear was there. It was screaming at me. 
but, but I decided, even at that point, I can't let this thing rule me. Almost three years, three full years later into this uh, time period, I was leader of basically this building. <laughs> um, it really wasn't much of a church when we got started. It was just this building. And, and I found that you know, here we have a lot of bills, had a huge dream, had massive faith, but, but was fear there three years later? Oh, I'm telling you, of course it was. I mean, I remember calculating what it would take to keep this building open just for one month. And that was back then, which was seven years ago, and uh, six years ago. And, and it would take between 6,000 to 6,500 minimum, that is if no major repairs, had, or mo- repairs at all had to be made, to keep the building open. Our first offering of our finance, we had this little connect group, and we met right here. The first offering wasn't even $100. Now, I'm telling you guys, that doesn't add up. And that was a lot of change for me. And, and was it uncomfortable? No. I mean, was it uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Oh, it was easy. <laughs> oh, man. Was there fear? Of course there was. But I thought, I just can't let the fear rule me. I'm telling you guys, whether you're a leader, uh, whether you're a, a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're getting ready to get married maybe some of you you're getting ready to have your first child or getting ready to graduate from college or possibly you've just relocated your entire life into a city that you don't really know and it's way too hot here (laughs) and one thing is inevitable though in all of our lives it's change but if you're going to reach the full potential in your life that god has planned for you you have to be willing to just embrace the change i'm just gonna hug it (laughs) Because success requires change, but change brings fear. You can say it like fear, you know. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Those of you who are historians, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But, it, but this is serious. Now, it makes you feel like you're just the underdog. Now, if I were to think of the term underdog, I would have to, I, I, my mind naturally goes to a character from the Bible. It's, it's David, uh, from the story of David and Goliath 3,500 years ago. This was all unfolding in this valley uh, in the Middle East. It's all recorded in 1 Samuel 17, where we're going to look in just a second. It's a story of this obscure shepherd boy who takes down this giant with a slingshot and a handful of rocks and a massive heart of courage. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is this battle, a lot of times we focus on David and say, hey, I'm not really going to focus on him because I want to take a look at another character in this story, and that is Saul, the king of ancient Israel at the time. You see, because in that culture, at that time, the king would lead his troops into battle because he was the commander-in-chief literally at the front of the army, all right? He was the model warrior, and people modeled their warrior skills after the king. So that was supposed to be King Saul. Well, things were coming down. The Philistines came out into this valley, and they said they made this proposal, and the proposal was, hey, in order for there to just be 
to relieve unnecessary bloodshed out here. Uh, then let's see each, each uh, nation send out your best warrior onto the field and we're going to fight to the death. And it's going to be this winner-take-all match and, and the, the, the fate of the two nations will be held basically by the winner-take-all. So everyone's thinking, oh, good, Saul's so good because <laughs> he's wonderful. So Goliath comes out on the Philistine side. He's this nine-foot giant. He had trained for battle his entire time. And then on Israel's side comes out no one. I mean, I mean, not even Saul, who's the warrior hero. In fact, the people of Israel thought he was such a wonderful warrior, they, they'd made up a song about him. I don't know what the tune goes like, but, it was, but the, we know the lyrics. It says, Saul has slain his thousands. And they would sing, Saul has slain his thousands, you know, something like that, and, and with that kind of a voice. But where was he? Now, look in your Bibles at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 10. I want you to follow along with me. It says, Goliath came out and did this every day for 40 days, day and night. And every time he did, the, the warriors ran and hid, including King Saul. And he, it says, says in, in verse 10, it says, Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Hurdle of fear. Get it? <laughs> Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the other Israelites were dismayed and terrified. See, fear gripped the camp. Fear gripped even the hero, King Saul. Saul was afraid. And, and, and really, it's interesting because his fear not only kept himself, but his entire army and his nation paralyzed for 40 days. See, he chose fear over advancement. And the truth is, it cost him dearly. Now, most of you know that David showed up, and he's a kid about 17 years old, and he was so enraged. Let's just say he was majorly ticked off that this guy would talk this way about his God and his nation. And so he said, well, if nobody else is going to do this, I'll just go and fight Goliath. Now, look down at chapter 17, verse 37. I want you to see what David had to say here because he now, David is the one who overcomes the hurdle with reliance on God. He said, the Lord who rescued me. Okay, see, he's, he's putting his faith in God and that's, that's key to clearing the hurdle of fear. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He didn't say might or could help me or could be a little bit of an aid or might make me feel better. No, he said he will rescue me. So Saul, <laughs> the king, said to David, well, go and the Lord be with you. You see, actually, even that was Saul's other opportunity. Saul could have said, well, that's good. But you see, I'm going to go ahead and step out and do it. No, he didn't. He stood back. Saul couldn't clear the hurdle of fear. David did. With a sling and five smooth stones, David won the match. But also, his resolve to not let fear stop him, that resolve then immediately filled the hearts of everyone else and took over the negativity and fear that Saul had instilled in them. And David became instant hero and he became the envy of the entire nation. And they started writing a new song. Saul has slain his thousands. They added verse 2. And David has slain his tens of thousands. <laughs> See, what happened that day is Saul, he lost more than just the opportunity to kill a giant. 
he allowed this hurdle of fear to appear to be so high and so intimidating that he retreated to the sidelines and he began to lose control of his kingdom that very day. He, I'm telling you, history changed because one man could not clear the hurdle of fear. So what's your fear? What is it? What's keeping you on the sidelines? I'm, I'm asking you, so I don't know, but you know. I want you to think about it. What's keeping you in this perpetual thought process of, well, what if, or what if, or I don't know, what if? Now I want you to turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. See, because we typically think of fear as like, as like shock or terror. Uh, but really, fear is something different. Fear is this paralysis of inaction. You can't move because you're paralyzed because of fear. And uh, because really we perceive that the, 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 if we fail, there are going to be these consequences that are, outweigh, that are going to outweigh the benefits of our success, and so we do nothing. We stare at the hurdle. Or even we try to distract ourselves and pretend like, what, what the, you know, that doesn't exist, la, 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 and we just kind of go on. But I'm telling you guys, inaction will nail you every time. It will catch up with you. But we crush fear with what I call faith action. It's really one and the same, but I just want to make it clear. It's faith action. It's believing that with God's help, you can win and that you are simply going to step out and take some action. For some of you, you're going to walk out of here with a battle plan today, and I'm just saying, you better take action on it. You're not going to keep waiting. You're not going to keep trying to figure it out like Saul. You know that fear will always keep you from being what you've meant to be and what God has planned for you to be. So today, you're taking action. I love it because Paul made it really, really simple. He said, you know, basically, if you're going to clear this hurdle of fear, he's, he just said this. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So does fear come from God? Does fear come from God? No. Okay, good. So when you have fear, you can say, okay, that's not of God. Gotcha? Easy, right? But what does God give us? It says God gives us power and love and self-discipline. He gives us three tools to defeat fear. He gives those to us. So we nurture those and we believe in it and we receive and we use those tools. And these three tools will crush this hurdle of fear. But we don't just think about them. We have to use them. That's why I call it faith action. I mean, today your hurdle of fear might be, uh, it might be the fear of rejection. Um, but I'm telling you, in this atmosphere here today, you're equipped to crush your fear of rejection. Fear of rejection will keep you locked in your apartment. It'll keep you stuck in your car and you can't refuse to get out. It'll prevent you from even taking one step that could change so much for you because you think that it's safer to hide. Plus, you won't get hurt and you're not going to get rejected again. So you just stay there. But today, you're going to crush fear with faith action. You're going to take that step Anyway, knowing this, that God is in your side and that he's giving you power and love and self-discipline. You have it. Back in 2011, 
my fears of the City Life Project was, <laughs> was that, well, people might reject me. The, the neighborhood may not like me. The church will fail. And, and, uh, and I, it could even just physically destroy me because of what it's going to demand of me. But, but I just, I thought, I'm not going to allow those hurdles of fear to rule me. So what I chose to do is take faith action steps every single day. It's like I made up my mind. Every day I'm going to take a faith action step of some sort. I'm telling you guys, remember this. Playing it safe is never safe, especially where your dreams are concerned. Really. Maybe it's fear that, that if you move through this time of change and in this new season that you're in, you're going to lose control. Well, I'm telling you, that's another thing that you can break because you can crush that fear of losing control. You can crush that. It's time to, to stop closing yourself off and not trusting the people around you, trying to micromanage everything and, and refusing to delegate and trust other people. For me, I mean, that's a big one. I, I faced that hurdle many times on the journey of, of city life. Because, but, but the truth is, if I had the fear of losing control, it would have already ruined my health or my family and definitely destroyed the church. Maybe it's a mom um, who's here today who is not letting your teenager grow up and you're becoming a helicopter parent. Could be a friendship or a dating relationship where you're seeing it begin to dissolve because one or both of you are getting really, really jealous or possessive. I'm telling you, that's just another form of control. But today, we're going to clear that hurdle and you're going to crush that fear with faith action because you have the power, you have the love, and you have the self-discipline. Because the truth is, you cannot grow unless you're willing to trust others. And I'm telling you, that's your employees, that's your team members, or the people who are around you that actually love you the most, your family and your kids. So embrace the loss of control <laughs> instead of fearing it. I like it because John said this. Uh, John says, there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. So the one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, here's what this means. When we love people the way God loves us, and we allow God's love to fill our hearts, knowing he loves us unconditionally, fear can't survive in your life. I'm telling you, the happiest, most fearless, and most successful people I know are people who simply just love other people, and they expend their lives for others. Remember this. God loves you. And his power, his love, and his self-discipline will help you clear your hurdle of fear. Maybe you have another fear. It could possibly be the fear of being criticized. Well, today, we're going to crush that hurdle of the fear of criticism also. See, because the higher you go in life, the more criticism you will definitely face. It simply comes with the territory. Truth is, critics only criticize people who are actually doing something, right? If you want to be free from criticism, do nothing. Make no decisions. It's so funny, I noticed from pastoring a large church and leaving that church and going and living in the woods for a while where I kind of disappeared, I was still going. So all of a sudden, all the critics in my life, they disappeared. I thought, I haven't changed. I'm just, we're doing something new. They just don't know what I'm doing, so nobody has the opportunity to criticize me. I thought, this is kind of fun, but can't let this last long. Got out here, all of a sudden, started the city life. Well, we don't know about that. So it's so awesome. Like, yes, the criticism is back. I feel good. 
and it grows and it grows and it grows. I'm telling you, if you're trying to raise good kids, you're going to be criticized. If you're trying to build a business, people are going to criticize you. If you're trying to get in shape, <laughs> prepare to be criticized. If you're pastoring a growing church, you will be criticized because criticism will always be knocking at your door. If you're leading people, especially, criticism will happen. But far too often we get afraid of this thing called criticism and so we don't take the next steps in our lives and we try not to get any better because we know that when we get better, that's going to put us in that place where we're going to get criticized. I mean, I'm telling you, you will never see success that way. And today I'm challenging you to crush fear with faith action today. God loves you and God has given you power and love and self-discipline because fear, the, the, this, this fear of criticism actually it pushes people away, especially the people who love you the most and truly, truly care about you. And as soon as we take faith action to pull others close to us, <laughs> You'll find those people can really help you and you will actually be able to help them. Your fear and your anxiety might have kept you up at night. They may have kept you up last night, but no more. We're ending it today, guys. Paul says this. He said, the Lord is near. And I'm telling you guys, God is here today. So, <laughs> he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in Everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what happens? Oh, I love this part. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding and logic and all that. You can't figure it out. It will guard your heart, which is your emotion, and your mind, which are your mental processes in Christ Jesus. Slam dunk. Yeah, that's something you can walk out of here with today. <laughs> you see, but this is where self-discipline comes in. You have to reject your anxiety and tell God about your anxiety in your prayers and then just begin to thank God and worship. That's one of the reasons why we worship. You come into an atmosphere of worship because it gets your eyes and mind off of all of your anxiety. Do you notice that you feel lighter and freer after you've worshiped and you've sung a little bit? Have you ever noticed that? See, that's this thing right here. You're like, well, I feel peace. That's because you've been worshiping God and you can do it every day, anytime, at home, whenever and wherever. And you're going to leave this hurdle of fear behind you. Others of you today, you're going to make the choice to crush a different kind of fear, and it's the fear of change. Let's be honest. Um, leaving the familiar is always scary because it causes us to just simply maintain status quo but you can never grow that way. In order to grow, you have to change. I, I say this a lot, is that my hope that the Tim Woody of the future has changed and is better than the Tim Woody of today. And here, here's one thing I can tell some of you who were around five years ago. I really hope that the Tim Woody you knew five years ago is not the same Tim you've know, you know today because I've grown and I've changed. We've got to grow. We've got to change it. Let's just be honest, you, you can't find success <laughs> if you continue just to be a 17-year-old who's going to live in a high school mentality where it's like, okay, eat, Snapchat, school, sleeping in on weekends, and locking yourself in your room for days playing video games. I mean, it, you know what? At a certain point, it's time to grow up. It's time for success. But then you move forward. But I, I also have to tell you, you can't find success if you continue to live like a 21 or 22-year-old college student who's consumed with formal education and not yet willing or able to take a risk 
at a certain point, it's time for a change. It's time for success. You also can't find success. And you're not even going to be teachable in your married life if you continue acting like a single person where you're always protecting your space and trying to control your environment. Make change. Embrace success. You can't find success as a parent if you're still set on hanging out on the weekends and you're more interested in your toys and your Facebook than you are your toddler. It's time to change and embrace your success. Now, I'm telling you, the list could go on and on and on and on. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody's stage of life because we all have them. But if you want to succeed, you have to change. You have to embrace the change that's ahead of you because God, God loves you. And God's already given you power and love and self-discipline. So you're going to crush fear with faith action. You're no longer clinging to status quo out of fear, but you're going to leap over this hurdle, which I am not going to demonstrate for you today, and you're going to do some amazing new things. You're going to see some amazing things begin to open up and happen in your life, and you can know this, that you cannot grasp hold of your future until you release your grip on your past. I'm telling you, that's the truth. And when you do that, you're going to start flying over these hurdles of fear. I've never seen anybody clear a hurdle when they're trying to hold on to somebody or something from their past. You've cleared some past hurdles of fear. Now it's time to hit the next one. It's time for you when you start clearing some hurdles of fear. Then all of a sudden you realize, hey, this is great. But then you say, oh, wait, there's a new one up there and it's, it's greater responsibility. You know, but, but I'm telling you, successful people pursue and they embrace greater responsibility. You're willing to do it. So today, you're just simply going to crush your fear of greater responsibility as well. You see, when it comes down to responsibility and greater responsibility, you can either own it or you can let it own you or you can bail. Now, if you let it own you or if you bail, your success is going to take a plunge. Fear of, of greater responsibility, it's going to cause you to get tripped up by distractions and by temptations in your life, things that never even bothered you previously. And to be quite honest with you, fear of greater responsibility, it can drive you to some very unhealthy outlets that will sabotage your success. But today, we're going to crush fear with faith action. You are. Because God loves you, and no longer is the fear of greater responsibility going to control you. <laughs> You're taking ground in the direction of your dreams. You're not going to freeze up because you know that when your growth stops, that's when fear is ruling you because you have power and you have love and you have self-discipline, and it's coming from God. And the success you dreamed of is attainable, and you will clear that hurdle of fear. Remember this, though. Advancement always brings a trade-off. And here it is, guys. You have to give up to go up. There will always be a sacrifice to move to the next level every single time. But if you're willing to make the sacrifice, you're going to grow. You're going to go higher. And your added responsibility you're going to begin to see that as a blessing and not a drudgery. <laughs> you're, you're being entrusted with more by your customers, by your family, by your boss, by your church. Hey, by God. 
And that, my friend, is blessing because you have been found faithful. Remember, there's something in the Bible called the parable of the talents. God always entrusts more to people who are willing to take responsibility, but God also removes what he's given you if you fear responsibility and you bear your talent. Choice is yours. Clear the hurdle of fear. Today, we're crushing this one. When it came down to facing Goliath and advancing the Israelite army, Saul allowed that fear to paralyze him, but David, the underdog shepherd, didn't. And we've got a room full of underdog shepherds right here, and I'm just saying God is on your side. And if God is on your side, what can you be fearful of? Because God says this to you. If there's anything you remember today, it should be this right here, right here. Get it. Get it in your brains. Take pictures of it. Memorize it right here. God says to you, he's talking to you right now. He said, I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand (laughs) and says to you, do not fear. I will help. like for there to be no movement at this time, and I want you to close your eyes and focus internally. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus or possibly you've drifted from your relationship with God, but if you want to know this Jesus that I talked about, you want a new beginning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond before I close today. And if you want to be included in our closing prayer, surrender your life completely to Jesus I'm going to ask you to lift your hand at the count of three in just a moment because faith is something that's action-oriented like I've been talking about all day today. It's when you respond outwardly to what's happening on the inside. Listen up. Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died for you so you can have life and everything changes today. Drop the fear. One, two, three. Lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. Today is your day. Lift your hand. Let's pray together. I want that. I want you to move forward in your faith. Great. I want you. Thank you so much. I want you to, to please stand with me. Please stand with me. I, want, I know you raised your hand. I, I, I want you, along with this entire congregation, to play, pray these words with me. Church, come on, pray this. I want you to mean it. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sin. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Fear will no longer control me. I am crushing my fear with faith action today. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.